Hello, I'm Joel Nelson, and this is the Joel vs. Arthritis podcast. Hello, and in this episode of the Joel vs. Arthritis podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Lucy Chambers. And this week, we'll be talking all about psoriasis. Psoriasis is more than just a skin condition, and it can affect people physically and psychologically. Although there is no cure for psoriasis, it can be managed, but it is often a delicate balancing act. Anyone involved with the Psoriasis Association here in the UK will probably be familiar with Lucy. I've had the pleasure of joining her for a couple of events and focus groups, and she's always stood out for the way in which she talks so enthusiastically and confidently about her experiences with the condition, as I'm sure you'll soon hear. Lucy, welcome to the podcast. I'm delighted that you can join me. How are you? Yeah, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Yes, I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've been um, working from home for the best part of a year now. And, and you know, lots of people are sort of dead excited to get back to the office. But to be honest, I am enjoying working from home. Yeah, <laughs> I think in too. terms of psoriasis, it, it's great because you can put all your treatments on. You can sit there with a turban on your head. You can sit there with all your oils and lotions and stuff on. And, and it's great. And, you know, you can't do that in an office. So, it's um that's been quite a positive of, of working yeah. from home yeah. <laughs> yeah I must admit having that time back that you would be spent in a traffic jam to do your sort of daily routine which I'm sure we'll talk about later is um yeah. has been a lifesaver and yeah I'm not sure I'm ready to to let that go either <laughs> um, so before we dive into the health chat um because we're both oh, I think equally as passionate about this subject um do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself so like you know a little bit of who you are and, and and you know what you what your interests are and then we'll we'll crack on so I'm, I'm 30 years old and I've had psoriasis since I was 11. So almost, almost 20 years now. Um, I live up in Newcastle with my husband and um, I've always been quite an outgoing person. When I was younger, I was part of the National Youth Theatre and did lots of acting and singing. And um, I've always sort of been very confident and not let this condition really impact me. Um, and interestingly enough, as I've got older, it's impacted me more. Um, which is, you know, contradicts a lot of stories that you hear. The people think, oh, you know, you get wiser with age, you get more confident with age. But, you know, slightly different for me. Um, I work in marketing. I work for a travel company um, and really enjoy that. And I, I used to be a teacher, a secondary school English teacher. And um, again, absolutely love teaching the children. Um, but the, the work-life balance and the impact that had on my skin actually um, meant that I left because it, it wasn't worth it in terms of my quality of life. Um, but uh, no, very sort of positive, I like to think, <laughs> person. Um, and just try and deal with my condition the best I can. I mean, as many people know, there are lots of ups and downs, but it's managing it, I think, and managing it as effectively as possible. Exactly that, and and I'm right there with you on that whole um, losing confidence as you get older. As as a child of arthritis and psoriasis, I was um, fearless, <laughs> and as you get older, I think the way I explain it to people is I think like life leaves its marks, its scars on you, and and I think as they layer up over the years, that sort of um, it does have an impact, unfortunately. Hopefully. And and I'm sure body confidence and com- and confidence in general, something we'll talk about quite a bit bit on this episode um uh, I think it would be lovely to capture that innocence and that acceptance of, of childhood wouldn't it yeah. it would be great if we could just carry that through our whole lives because it's wonderful when you say I, I I know you have a son I don't have any children but you must see his wonder 
and his you know his happiness at, at the most simple of things and and it sort of unfortunately peters out doesn't it as yeah, he's that, that innocent is like i know it's a sort of overused word but it's magical in that you see that it's just like you know there is no judgment there is no um stigma there's just nothing and 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 it's just a blank canvas and it's a shame that over the years i think that you know because i often explained that you know when i was a teenager and i was on crutches or in a wheelchair at high school and this sort of thing it's like I stuck my finger up to everything and proved people wrong. And that was kind of my attitude, you know, rightly or wrongly. Um, and I think, yeah, as you as you get older, you just become a lot more conscious, don't you? Unfortunately, with something like psoriasis, it, um, it's even more sort of noticeable, I think. Um, yeah. So you, you you said you had uh, developed psoriasis from the age of 11, I think it was. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, about how it started and, and sort of how you got to a diagnosis? Yeah. So it started off just with some flakes in my hair and I thought it was dandruff and, and went to the doctor about it and and they recommended anti-dandruff shampoo and it was a long process before I was then referred to a dermatologist um, and then um, they did a biopsy um, and I can remember I can remember lying there at like 11 years old having this biopsy done and my mum's face just going green <laughs> sitting there watching a poor little girl having a biopsy I mean I'm sure your parents went through much worse things yes. but you know it's it must be awful for a parent to to see that um, and and yeah and and after that biopsy I was diagnosed at 11 and from 11 to about 20 really um, it was okay it was there were little patches here it was mainly my scalp and little patches here and there and it was managed with sort of topical stuff and um, and light therapy. I think I had one course of light therapy before I was 20. And it didn't really impact my mental health, really, for, between those ages. Um, and then I went to uni and, you know, started um, socialising more, getting out there and, and, and embarking on relationships. And that's when I really noticed it and, and and it did really start to affect me and and I think um like I said you know at school and, and college and uni actually you know I was I was fairly confident and stuff but then as I got more into my 20s and started working I think the stresses of that um really made my psoriasis worse and made me more aware of it and, and aware of, of how it looked and how it made me feel and and I think I think alongside that my understanding of, of the condition as well grew so alongside me feeling more aware of it and stuff I understood the fact that actually <laughs> it can't be cured and it needs to be managed because it was having a very big impact on my mental health so I started to just look at it in a different way you know, I think when I was young, I sort of thought, oh, I need to get rid of every little patch. So say if I had a little patch here, I'd be like, oh, my God, I need to get rid of it. But now I'm quite extensively covered and I don't, I know that I can't get rid of it, really. Um, it's almost like a grieving process, isn't it? I think with any yes. chronic condition, but you have it with psoriasis as well, because for a long while you just think, I'm going to get on top of this. And then there comes that point and like you say, talk about getting older and experience and everything else you have that realization that oh okay this is going to be a sort of lifelong relationship and I just have to manage it and and, and that takes a little bit of getting over doesn't it it's very it's it's that realization is heartbreaking actually <laughs> because for so long I thought that I could just be clear and I could 
not I mean I love my fringe but <laughs> I could not have a fringe you know what I mean I could just yeah. scrape my hair back put my hair up in a ponytail and feel great and just go out and not have any red patches or horrible flaky skin and feel great and actually realizing that actually that might not be possible it's highly likely that it's not possible it's very very sad but then once you get over that and like you said it's like a grieving process you know accepting that this is part of you and you will have it forever you know but then once you do accept that it is very very empowering and it's quite a word that's that's tossed around a lot you know empowering but but it is and and once you start to take ownership of it which I feel like I've done in the past few years you it doesn't have that hold over you that that it once did you know what I mean so that's that's really nice to hear because I I don't I don't know if I can honestly say I'm really at that place yet so like I find I keep moving my bar so like when I was in my 20s I had a lot more rashes than I do now like literally um you know for those listening aren't going to be able to see but literally some bits on my arm as about as as much as I got but because I then have like a couple of months of nothing or relatively nothing even just when the little stuff comes back, you suddenly drop your bar. <laughs> and I don't get, you know, I'm just not in that place yet where I can think, oh, you know, that's nowhere near as bad as it was five years ago or even last month. I find as soon as I have a bit of remission from it, the bar comes down and then even just the smallest of, <laughs> of rash. 100%. <laughs> yeah, so, I so mean. It's difficult. No, I was just saying, it's, it's just, it's, really it, you beat yourself up about it because you think, like, if, if if you were talking to the person, you know, you imagine some of your worst flares as I can imagine mine, if you were talking to that person right now, they'd be slapping you across the face and saying, what are you talking about? It's nothing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's like, it's, it is very difficult because, you know, I say that, that I've taken over to the bit and I have, and I've accepted the fact that I have it forever. But, it, you know, no one is totally on one level with with a chronic condition, I don't believe. I think everyone has good days and bad days. And, and you know, yes, when people say, oh, I, like, you can't even tell you've got it, or, oh, you look great. It's nice of them to say that, but yeah. you don't feel great. And you know that you have it, you know, and it's just, and it's little things that um, that I'm aware of now you know for example at work on calls you know I'm scratching and 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 sometimes if I've got treatment on my head and I've I've put my turban on I don't want to put the camera on because I don't feel as confident because I'm not you know ready and done up and and in terms of being in a professional meeting um but I find the best way to tackle that is and it can be difficult but is to just be open and honest if you can be yeah be open and honest with everyone you know with friends family uh, colleagues I think really important if you can and I know lots of workplaces are different um but I'm very lucky that in the workplace I'm in now I have such a supportive team and such a supportive manager because it hasn't been the case in the past no and I think anyone with chronic illness, you ask them, you know, if, if, if they've um, been for a few jobs, they will have that one horror experience. I know I certainly yeah. did. Um, and I've, I've, I've written a little bit about it, but I haven't told nowhere near the full truth behind all of it. Um, so we all had that. And unfortunately, it sticks, doesn't it? And you, you that, that becomes your benchmark for everything. And you can't help but assume every day off or, or bad, bad skin day or something is going to result in the same thing as what happened previously. Yeah, and you feel guilty. Well, I sometimes I feel guilty for, for taking a day off or taking an afternoon off or, or, or taking time to actually look after myself, not just my physical health, but my mental health. And it's so important. I mean, 
the first job I had out of, out of university massively knocked my confidence because I had I had psoriasis, I have psoriasis, you know, and and it, it was in a school and another teacher in a conversation referred to psoriasis as leprosy and said that they wouldn't share their whistle with, with, with another teacher. Another teacher had it as well. And I, and I was a young woman, you know, just starting out in the workplace and I was horrified. And I just thought, yeah, oh my sorry. God, is that what people think of me? You know, and that massively knocks your confidence. And in future jobs, I was very nervous bringing it up yeah. and talking about it. And gradually over the last 10 years or so, my confidence is built. And, and, you know, like I say now, I'm very lucky to have such a supportive team and manager. You know, I think, for example, you know, one of the things that that I find really helps manage the psychological like impact of, of masterizing is, is going out for a run or going out yeah. for a walk, you know, getting some fresh air. And last week it was it was due to rain. And I normally go out after work and it was due to rain after work. So I just asked my boss, I said, Oh, can I go out for a run at like three? Because it really, really helps with my with my anxiety and, and with the way I feel. And he's like, Oh yeah, fine. Yeah. And then I came back and just worked. So I think being open and honest with your workplace most of the time is really, really helpful. And most of the time they do want to help you, you know. Yeah. So it's so beneficial to do that. Yeah, it's and 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 I'm conscious that anyone listening to this, sort of, we're both sort of in that part of our journey, and we're both quite confident and open and everything else. Yeah. I think it's important also to point out that that takes a time, and for some people, it takes a long time. And and for anyone listening to this thing, and I'm nowhere near that. I didn't tell anyone about my psoriasis or arthritis for 20 years you know people at school knew stuff was going on but for the days I was in a wheelchair or you know I missed a whole year nine and this sort of thing um but especially once I got to that university I say you've mentioned that it seems to be something about that you know I was in the middle of um big long drinking sessions when I was taking things like me for trek so I was running back to my room to be sick no, to then really? go back no. again and, and say face you know and just not you know just your pride and everything else and and it took a significant event with me becoming a father to start talking about that because you start thinking about things about being a role model and and you know addressing your demons and that so I think yeah if, if you're somebody who's listening to this and and you're just starting out you've just got that diagnosis or whatever Please don't beat yourself up because it, it takes a long while to get to that point of, you know, like you say, owning it and 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 speaking about it. But once you do, life gets a lot easier, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And there are different ways as well of of opening up to people. It doesn't necessarily have to be a direct chat like this. So this could be quite nerve wracking for someone to directly speak to their manager about this, you know. But I mean, the things that that we do you know like writing a blog or 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 um you know on social media putting a post out on social media for example a few months ago it was um uh world psoriasis day yeah and i put a post out of it was an illustration actually of my psoriasis and um with a caption of exactly what impact i had on my daily life and the response i got was huge you know because I don't often talk about it one-on-one to people because that does make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. You know, I do feel quite confident overall with it, but there are aspects, you know, but you could do that, you know, a social post or you could write a blog or write a poem. I find writing, and I know you do as well, Joel, don't you? I find writing really cathartic. And even if it's just for yourself for now, rather than keeping it all inside, it, 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 I try and, and find some outlet for it, you know, whether it's writing a poem or writing a journal or songs or or going for a walk or I think it's um something really beneficial is just trying to find some sort of outlet for it so it doesn't all just stay inside 
yeah yeah I learned that the hard way and I, <laughs> I didn't even know I was I could write until I had a doctor and my wife and everyone sort of said like, you need to put something on a page or get it yeah. out and and it's exactly right and it, it does it feels like a massive weight and that could just be you know that 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 one work buddy you got you know your work wife or work husband or whoever yeah. that person is you know it doesn't you don't need to be shouting from the rooftops like you know like like i'm doing you can you can just literally find that one person to offload that on and that can that can really help and also it can help you see get a bit of perspective doesn't it because i'm sure you're like me you you get the smallest rash in the inopportune place or whatever and you obsess over it and then stress feels that you know stress is a massive trigger for a lot of people with psoriasis and then this cycle gets started up and before you know it, it's out of control and it could have been nipped in the bud if you um you know had someone to help you sort of see that i suppose a little bit differently yeah definitely yeah i think it's so so um beneficial to do that and i think it's um it, the weight that's lifted when you do that in 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 whatever way you feel comfortable with or whatever way you find is huge so i'm thinking for anyone who's listening to this who sort of wants to know how how people manage it or or any sort of you know tips and that sort of thing you've mentioned um the your turban a couple of times and 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 light therapy and everything else is uh, what does management of your psoriasis look like if you can Mm. put it as simply as that i know it's a (laughs) lifelong job um that's the thing. It's, it has peaks and troughs, and uh, and at the minute, um, to be honest, I don't know how how effectively I am managing it. I'm trying, but um, I think in the past I saw manage. I didn't understand management. I just my aim was to get rid of it. But now my aim, in terms of managing it, is to feel comfortable and feel confident, um, and. and it doesn't matter if I've still got the patches as long as they're not burning, as long as they're not itching, you know. And so in terms of managing it, I try and look at it holistically. I don't I don't look at it and think, right, how can I get rid of all of these plaques on my body? I think, how can I soothe my skin? How can I make myself feel better? Not just physically, but mentally as well. So in terms of managing it, I found what works best for me is a mixture of activities to sort of, benefit my mental health so going for a run or a walk um journaling like right keeping a regular diary getting all my thoughts out of my head and on paper but then also regular routine application of of topical stuff onto my psoriasis and I think that goes hand in hand because because of the physical activity I do the exercise and the and the keeping a diary and writing um that takes me out of my body almost and, and out of my head and it, and it gets it all somewhere else. And I think feeling better mentally makes me feel better physically. It's just, a, it's a, they're so interlinked. Um, and I mean, in the past, in terms of treatments, I've been on all sorts of treatments. You know, I've been on methotrexate as well and, and, and cyclosporin and, and quite strong um, drugs with, that have had sort of, quite severe side effects for me and it depends on the person of course it does and the dose and everything but um uh, the turning point for me I think in terms of management came when it, it was it was a few weeks before my wedding actually and um I was on I was on cyclosporin I was originally on methotrexate that didn't work so I changed to cyclosporin to sort of clear my skin ready for my wedding day because I wanted to be totally clear 
And unfortunately, because it weakened my immune system so much, it led to lots of other issues and complications. And I ended up having surgery on my stomach about a week and a half before my wedding. And I thought, uh, someone's lying there, you know, waiting to go into the theatre. <laughs> I was thinking, is this worth it? Or, or can I really try to accept, accept, try and accept and try and manage it, you know, the way it is? Because I ended up walking down the aisle on my wedding day, knackered, still recovering from surgery, with dressings on underneath my wedding dress. Can't believe you've you done know. that week after. Yeah, it was <laughs> just—it wasn't the wedding day I imagined. <laughs> I can imagine. But that was the turning point, and I'm sure lots of people have those those turning points. But I think for me, management of my psoriasis is is knowing that it's always going to be there and accepting it, but making me feel better. It's less about the aesthetic now. It's less about how it looks and more about how it makes me feel. And I think yeah. doing those things for my mental health as well as my physical health helps me really do that. Yeah. And and, and it is a bit of a cliche, but that whole prevention is better than cure. I think of psoriasis is there is nothing more true with that. Like, you know, I've, I've also got the, the arthritis side of it. And and even that doesn't have the same effect, I think, as the prevent and psoriasis. You know, that for me is key. Um, so, like, I don't know about you, but I do my sort of, um, you know, morning hot salt baths and then moisturiser afterwards and all that jazz. And, and I, I know what my triggers are if I drink certain types of alcohol or have a week where I have too much fast food, which has been a really difficult one to avoid over the last year <laughs> because who yeah, wants to keep I running know. out to the shop? Whatever gets you through the lockdown door. <laughs> yeah, so, so um, I'm the same. <laughs> And, and and I'm the world. I find I'm the world's biggest expert in telling you afterwards what caused the flare. But yeah. it takes a whole new skill to sort of stick to that sort of religious following of a of a regime sort of thing to prevent it. Yeah, I think consistency is key as well. And it's difficult. It's it is difficult to be consistent, isn't it? Especially when you have ups and downs. But like you were saying, the salt baths on a morning, fantastic. I do that as well. And oat oat baths as well. If you get um, muslin cloths and put oats in, it's so yeah. soothing on your skin. And it's also sort of marrying up um, prescribed um, products with with home remedies as well. You know, things like olive oil on your scalp is lovely and soothing. Yeah. And and but doing doing that every day or every other day and being consistent with it, it you know, really helps as well. And I know yeah. it can be difficult, but yeah, it is. And, and I've often referred to it as if it feels like when you're on a diet. <laughs> you know you can have those bad yeah. days we just think why am i bothering i'm getting up at six o'clock in the morning when i could get up at seven and all this sort of thing or and i keep going for all these well you know because i'm the same as you i walk five miles a day and that's that's made a oh, huge brilliant. difference um yeah. you know because i think after shield and last year what we had in the uk with um COVID and everything that i saw how rapidly i deteriorated when all those little routines went and, and i suppose that's another valid point that's worth mentioning for anyone is that you know don't be afraid to review things um you know we've all probably been that place where you were chucked on some meds during a flare and suddenly you're two years down the line you're thinking well is anyone actually taking these off because i don't need them anymore and yeah this sort of thing so um, i'd say with yeah with psoriasis it, it does evolve well mine certainly does especially mm. in the areas i get it it can literally move around like a clock sometimes um so I think it's, it's worth being a little bit open-minded with um, reviewing what you do and also not being afraid to try something a little bit different um, to work into that routine. Completely. And also, not I mean, I need to take my own advice, but not beat yourself up yeah. when you don't, when you have a day off, you know, because I know that sugar is a massive trigger for me, but right, yeah. I love 
a few biscuits in my I love a cake, <laughs> you know. So, I, and you have to live, don't you? It's so hard, yeah. isn't it? You know. So, you know, treat yourself now and again. It's fine, yeah. but you know, just yeah, have the confidence to review it as well and and see it because also with psoriasis, you do get used to certain things. You get used to certain medications and certain yeah. remedies and stuff. So it, it is so worth every six months or so. Well, sooner, however, whatever suits you you know, reviewing what you're doing and, and is this still working and maybe trying new things, you know. I read quite a lot around psoriasis, you know, and, and I'm very interested in, in diet and the part that plays, but I know I'm not sort of dead set on that. I don't, lots of people who promote diet as a way to, to manage psoriasis use the word cure, which I really, really don't yeah, yeah, like yeah. because it's not a cure. No, no. And it complements medicated stuff. You know, there is, such a huge huge place for med you know for drugs and medicated stuff and treatments you know they're absolutely wonderful and diet can might sometimes just complement it you know it's part of a huge um approach I think you need to approach it holistically and look at all different elements and not just take one in isolation I think and and, and also like yeah you say don't beat yourself up but also uh be aware of any changes I think you made that, that could have caused you know because I once had a terrible outbreak and it turned out we we had a substitute washing powder and we didn't think about oh, it no yeah you didn't you know cause you get so used to right I have to be non-bio and etc 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 and and one of those changes is you know if you're home delivery or whatever you don't think about it and even though on the box it looked all the same it was the only thing that changed so i think once you're aware of that stuff and like you say know and when not to beat yourself up when you when you you know veer from that but once you're aware of them components you're not going to get it right every time but it certainly helps you understand why something might be um going a bit wrong you know for me for a lot of years i have to be brutally honest i was in denial over stress being a trigger you know we all know that stress is a huge trigger but I was, oh, in yeah. Denial about that. <laughs> yeah so i was just oh yeah i can handle my job and you know and I, I manage i've always managed people and that isn't the easiest you know i know what i'm like to manage so you know, <laughs> and, you know and it, it, so it isn't and um but yeah for years i didn't link my job to outbreaks and then once you start being honest with yourself with that sort of stuff and saying yeah you know what i had that difficult conversation or the worst one you work through your lunch you don't get away from the screen you keep going and then you realize you've gone all day without moving all day without fresh air you haven't eaten properly you you're tired at the end of the day as you get a takeaway or whatever that might look like i think once you can have those honest conversations with yourself you can you can definitely start proactively managing it better can't you Definitely. And I think also what is hugely valuable, having those honest conversations with yourself and those around you as well. You know, I know you live with your wife and so I live with my husband and, and having that support network is hugely valuable, you know, and being so open and honest with them and, 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 and you know, adapting. My husband's adapted his diet with me and sometimes and, you know, and, and if I've embarked on this new exercise regime to help my psoriasis, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll try it with you, you know, and and to have that support there is wonderful and so, so valuable. Yeah. Um, and and it, it links to what we were saying earlier about being open and honest with your employer and everything like that. But yeah, having the honest conversations with yourself, but making sure the people around you know what's going on, whether it is your partner or your parents or your friends, you know, because um, they can really help. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's a big thing to take on, especially if, if you're new to it all, and and yeah, and you don't want to be doing that doing that alone, really. Um, we, we've we've mentioned it a, a sort of a couple of times, but um, 
how has things changed for you with the whole pandemic? Has that impacted, you know, with COVID-19? It, it seems something we, we can't avoid or don't want to bore people to death with a subject they're fed <laughs> up with. But how, is that, how has it affected your condition and the management of your condition? I think when last year, when it first came about and we were first sent home from work and I was furloughed for a little while and then came back to work, it flared a lot. I, I think the uncertainty and just this constant anxiety that's going on, just really, my body was just saying, well, what's going on, you know, and it, and it really did flare. Um, and so I really sort of, and then in terms of appointments, that, that that became more difficult. I couldn't go in for in-person appointments, so I had telephone appointments. And it's very difficult to explain to a, to a dermatologist or a, or a, you know, a nurse practitioner in five minutes, how you're feeling. <laughs> how you're feeling and how yep. your skin's looking. And um, so I think also because my skin hasn't been seen by a professional for over a year, that that had an impact as well. It's, it, you know, it's, in, it's quite bad. I'm having quite a bad flare at the minute. Um, and I'm trying to manage it myself. And I think a habit of mine that I need to check, I, I've recognized it in myself and I need to stop doing it as much. I pretend that I'm better than I am. <laughs> okay <laughs> and, you know what I mean I'm like yeah. not necessarily to doctors but you know if people say oh, how are you doing I'm like oh yeah yeah oh, it's fine. <laughs> you know and and sometimes you know and and in terms of I always sort of compare like oh well yeah my skin's you know quite bad and it's quite widespread but other people's will be worse you know so so it is difficult to actually I think the reason I I sort of say sometimes that I'm doing all right because I do feel okay but it's difficult to sort of quantify. It's difficult to 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 know really without being seen by a healthcare professional what state it's in. So I think that's the, the pandemic in that sense has, has sort of impacted um, my skin definitely. Um, and I think I've sort of really tried to embrace managing it better yeah. because I've been forced to because not that I ever sort of totally relied on on appointments I always tried to help myself as well but I think particularly over the last year I've thought right well I, it'll be a while before I see it, see a doctor in person so what can I really do to help myself um and that's where the regular exercise and, and, and sort of the writing journal and, and, and healthy eating and stuff has come in and that has helped um but I am I am looking forward to actually being seen seen by a doctor and them to see my skin and tell me their professional opinion you know because I I don't really know how bad it is yeah <laughs> it feels bad to me yeah but then it's that it's that I don't know we sort of touched on it earlier didn't we and that almost feeling a bit guilty you yeah. know like oh, oh it can't be that bad you know people people have it so much worse than me and, and because it's a chronic condition as well sometimes I think oh well, I need to deal with this and you know I've got it for the rest of my life but but help is there and and I think that's a key message help is there and take it. It's okay to show your vulnerability. And it's okay to say, actually, no, I'm not all right. I'm feeling terrible and I'm really uncomfortable and itchy and burning, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and I think I'm starting to get better at that because the, you know, the start of the pandemic, I wasn't, I was just sort of cracking on and stuff. Um, but I've learned that you have to, you have to be honest and, and, and you should take that help when it's there, you know, in all forms, whether it's from your partner, your parents, your friends, or, a dermatologist you know because they know what they're doing and they're so skilled and they can advise you know so um 
I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and like I say, it is a bit of a roller coaster because I know I struggle. I went I went a long while doing the whole. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <sighs> but then there's also when you start venturing away from that, there's nothing worse than when you point out like a patch of skin or something, and someone say, "Oh, is that it?" Because to you, it's everything, <laughs> and that is literally the worst thing you can hear when something because you know you're obsessing over this tiny little patch of skin because you know what it can lead to, what it can become, and everything <sighs> else. So so there's that's the flip side, of, and you're caught in it constant battle of do i just say i'm okay or do i say something and be disappointed or potentially disappointed by the response yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think it's concern that maybe other people won't actually understand they'll just yeah. see it as, as a few spots yeah or you know some dry skin yeah and sometimes i've caught myself saying oh, it's only dry skin because i because you know i don't really want to talk about it if people don't understand and and but then that's more of a reason to talk about it, you yeah, know, exactly. to help them understand. Yeah. It's the same as I often say, is like every single time without fail, I post a picture of my rashes on Instagram, I lose a swathe of followers. And I, I've kind of come to the conclusion it's either they feel uncomfortable about it or they think I'm making a mountain out of molehill, or it might just be that minority that remember, oh, am I still following him? I'm, you know, so there's always that element. But there is always this this big wave of, you know, I'm talking, you know, I don't have that many followers, but, you know, 20, 30 people sometimes over one photo of a rash. Yeah. But every time that happens, it just motivates me to do it more. So, right. Yeah, I'll, fine, I'll talk about it more. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so important. And, you know, Throughout this chat, I've I've said, oh, you know, some days I feel really, really confident. And overall, I do feel confident and I am empowered and, and I've taken ownership of my condition. But but nobody is ever all on one level all the time. No. You know, everyone has good days and bad days and up days and low days and days when you don't want to go out and you don't want to see anyone. And then other days when you think, right, I need to talk about this. I need to share this. I need to, you know, educate people almost. And And it's so important to just keep that conversation going with yourself and with others because there's nothing, nothing, nothing worse than just keeping stuff inside because it just eats away at you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it and does. And if you have a chronic condition that that won't go away, you, you need. It, it's so important to just open up, you know, yeah. in, in any way. And there are so many ways to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and one thing I just wanted to touch on, because you said about um, support during the pandemic, and, and I'd be interested to hear if anyone else has a similar experience who's listening to this or, or watching it, is that as somebody with the sort of psoriatic arthritis variety, um, I don't see a dermatologist, you know, I see a rheumatologist. Um, so I literally, I, I couldn't tell you, it was probably five, six years ago that I saw a dermatologist. And I think there's a lot, lot to be said about valuing your experience, because as somebody with psoriatic arthritis or, you know, that element of it, you're well aware when you see your rheumatologist and you point out this, a couple of little patches of skin, they're not really that interested. You know, they're on a, they're, they're saying, well, your joints aren't swollen or your blood test is fine. And, and this sort of thing. And I think what that does, that leads to you not valuing your experience. So, so I start thinking, oh, unless I'm covered, no one's going to worry about it. So um, I think the reason I raise that is two reasons. One, I'd love to hear if other people have that experience. You know, if you are of the psoriatic arthritis variety, do you see a dermatologist yearly? Because I certainly don't. I just don't know if that's my individual experience or others. Um, and, and two is that everyone's experience should be valuable. So whether I'm upset because I've got five or six really bad patches on my foot that no one can see or somebody else's entire face is covered, it shouldn't 
it shouldn't affect what we say, should it, or what we, we speak up about. 100%. 100%. It's all relative. I mean, I spoke to my friend for the first time about my psoriasis a while ago, and um, and he said to me, he said, oh, he said, um, he said, oh, I, like, uh, he said, I, not, you know, I, I've got it. He's like, oh, no, I'm sure it's not, not anywhere near as bad as yours. And I was like, don't, you don't have to say that, you know, it's all relative. And then he's, you know, he said how it fled. It should yeah. never be compared. It's all, every single experience is valuable, everyone, you know. And, and um, interestingly, though, you said your rheumatologist doesn't really acknowledge psoriasis. So I have been having certain symptoms that make me think I might have psoriatic arthritis. Yeah. And so I mentioned it to my dermatologist thinking they could refer me to a rheumatologist. It would be quite straightforward because psoriatic arthritis is closely linked to psoriasis. It makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> and they didn't, they couldn't, they didn't. And I've had to go through my GP, which has taken much longer. So why is why is yeah, that the case? You know, it, it should be more closely linked. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you've heard this story before, but for the benefit of the listeners, it's like, you know, just to put it into context, I had JIA at 10, 11 years old, juvenile idiopathic arthritis. I had rashes all through my teens, but GPs and doctors told me it was thrush and gave me things like caniston, which made it 10 times worse. Um, and then in my mid-20s, I had a huge flare and I had um, like liquid filled blisters on my palms, on the bottom of my feet. I had no idea that that was psoriasis. I thought psoriasis was just, you know, your scaly patches of skin. Mm. Um, I had that on my hands and feet. I had the traditional rashes. I had sort of like welt sort of thing on the on my head, just come out of nowhere. Um, and I went for, I've been mentioning this for two or three years in your six monthly and yearly rheumatology. Advice. And then one day I happened to see a, a new doctor or someone who was standing in he sent me to dermatology so I maybe wait another couple of months I walked in the guy had one look at two of the rashes said it was um psoriasis and gave me a one-page a4 fact sheet and a prescription for steroid cream and that was it and I was literally oh okay so I've got psoriasis and I had no education on it I didn't and and I know this might sound terrible it's not intended to be sound how it how it might come across is that you know when i was a kid sitting in those um rheumatology waiting rooms psoriasis was like my big fear i know it shouldn't have been i know it's wrong but i was a kid and and when you're you're putting the way it that, looked because it was yeah, more exactly you know i was in a room full of people that were decades years older than me and and you have you have all these memories and it was always that one that was like Oh, if that ever happens, I don't know how I'm going to cope with that, you know, and, and that sticks with you because you're thinking it as a 13 year old boy and a teenager and, and then you get it 10 years later. So um, it's just, it's just blown my mind. And I, I really hope I've not spoken to enough people. I really hope that was just my unique experience because I've seen one dermatologist since. So in the 10 years that have passed, um, biologics obviously fixed a lot of my psoriasis, but that was administered for the arthritis side of things. Um, but yeah, I've seen one dermatologist and, and, and I kind of got that experience of, oh, at the minute, I've only got this little patch on my foot and this little patch somewhere else. And, oh, that's not too bad. Just keep taking your cream. And I, I knew it wasn't in the grand scheme of things too bad. But the fact that the one time in five years I got to see a dermatologist, I just happened to have no rashes. It was <laughs> typical. Um, so, yeah, it just it just seems crazy to me that if you if you've already got the label of the previous chronic condition, does that mean then you don't double up? You don't see these people? So... So like I say, I'm, I'm retelling that because I appreciate at least you've heard that before, but for, for the other, you know, the wider audience listening, because I'd really like to know 
Um, and that's something that maybe I could write about or, or raise awareness of. Is that a one-off experience or is that other people's experiences who have had arthritis then develop psoriasis or, as you're pointing out, the other way around? It sounds like it's not a lot a lot different. So, um, yeah, I'd just be interested to know. What I would say as well on a slightly different note, you know, how you were saying when you um, saw the dermatologist, it's typical that you, you only had a few patches, you know, but another valuable thing to do is to, like, monitor your symptoms in between in between appointments. That's always a, a useful thing that I do because sometimes it can go up and down, and especially if you have appointments every six months for your skin. It's useful to take that in to, when you see your dermatologist to, to show them how it's um how it's developed and how it's gone up and down. Yeah. That's yeah. useful. Yeah, and I and I think as well with my because my arthritis does the same thing. My I'm, my triggers are so directly linked with stress. It's almost like when you know you've got that appointment coming, you relax a bit. You know, I think you <laughs> just naturally you think finally I get you know, especially over the last year, because like you had a massive flare of all sorts. And um and yeah, and you when you then see that light at the end of the tunnel, because <laughs> we're all fools really. We go into these appointments with such high hopes, and every time we come away a little bit disappointed. But we're oh. ever we're ever the optimists and and you 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 keep um you know looking forward to those dates. And I think there is a for me anyway, there's definitely an element that just brings everything down in terms of my stress. So traditionally I don't have as much to show as I would have maybe done three three months prior, you know. So it's just how it falls. So yeah, it's good. It's a good point to to, to make note of it. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's been really um really useful. Um, I suppose one other thing I wanted to really ask is that um. You're an active member of us community, um, you know, and often we 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 cross each other's paths online and everything else, um. And I'm sure everyone else will pick up on how sort of confident and passionate you are about the subject and, uh, you know, it's a breath of fresh air. Um, why do you think it's important for people to share their stories? We've talked a lot, obviously, today about, you know, talking to someone, no matter how grand or small that may be. What, what, what's, why is it important to share these stories? Because for every person like you and me who does share our stories and speak openly, there's another person or maybe multiple people who don't and who are having a really difficult time who are keeping it all to themselves and who think who think who might be you know it might be a young woman it might be a young man it doesn't necessarily have to be a young you know but when I first got diagnosed at 11 you know and through my teenage years that these are some of the thoughts that cross my mind you know some people might be sitting there thinking I'll never get a boyfriend or a girlfriend because of the way I look or I'll never be able to run 5k because of the way, you know, the way my skin feels or, or, you know, the way my bones are, if you've got psoriatic arthritis, um, I'll never be able to do certain things. I'll never be able to have these experiences. I'll never be able to, um, you know, feel certain things, but you can and you will. And I think the first step to feeling those things and doing those things and having those experiences is to talk and to, to open up and it doesn't need to be a big gesture like this you don't have to come on Joel's podcast and tell your story you know you can you can keep a little diary or you can tell your best friend or you can tell your mom or your dad you know or, or, or you whoever you know as long as as you know that you're not alone I think that's a huge huge part of it because it can be very lonely and sometimes you can look at yourself and, and feel like you are the only one feeling this and you're not you know so many other people feel like this and and have the same worries and concerns and but also 
I think a wonderful thing about having a chronic condition is that it really and it really means that that you uh, you know without blowing me on trumpet <laughs> I think that I'm quite a caring person you know and I think it, it, it really helps your understanding of other people and the conditions they face and I think the best way to increase that and to share that is is to just talk and to have these open honest conversations you know I think it's so so important and I wished there were more people doing what you were doing Joel and, and what others are doing you know on social media on blogs on you know everywhere online and offline when I was first diagnosed you know because when I was first diagnosed at 11 there wasn't anything like this and I think it really does help people of all ages you know deal with this you know if it's a new diagnosis or if they've had it a while it just really helps it's such a basic thing but 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 it does yeah, and and and, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be more than a few people who listen to this or watch this and, and be inspired because every time I talk to you, I learn something new. And I, I like to think <laughs> I'm sort of like a, you know, a old man, a young person's body. And I've sort of got a lot of experience of living with this thing because I had it for so long. But yeah, every time I speak to you, I learn something new and I, I come away happier about the situation oh, so likewise, <laughs> we should chat more often yeah and i was gonna yeah if you ever did want to come back that'd be great because i, I really do think yeah. we'll probably i nearly said an awful pun then about scratching the surface not intentionally but yeah i think we have we, we've we've only sort of touched on a, a few elements with we've lived with, with yeah. um Sarah, so i think we, we can go into a lot more detail so again people listen to this drop me a message let me know um if you'd like us to do a sort of follow-up and go and dive a bit deeper in other things especially around like maybe you know um management treatment or how it impacts relationships and work and and all those sort of things because it is one of those conditions like many chronic illnesses that it kind of gets its claws into all all areas of your life so um so i think it's yeah we can do a lot more on this so if, if people let us know that'd be great but um Thank you ever so much for coming on, Lucy. Like I say, every time I speak to you, you put a smile on my face. So, um, yeah. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've brightened up my Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, wherever you are, it's clearly a lot brighter than where I am anyway. <laughs> by looking at the, it's been like... raining all day long and the sun's just come out. <laughs> oh, it's miserable <laughs> here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you ever so much. And um, and I'll I'll put some um, links in the show notes and everything for anybody that'd like to find Lucy um, on social media. Um, and also, I'll do the usual of putting some links there for places like the Saras Association and any any information that might help in terms of useful resources but yeah Lucy thank you very much if you've enjoyed this episode please check out joelversusarthritis.co.uk um, for other podcast episodes and articles on mental health chronic illness and autoimmune disease awareness and you can find me on the usual social media platforms at joelversusarthritis thank you for listening